Welcome to the Any Given Thursday podcast. We've made our grand return after a month absence. I went to the Far East. You took the international break very seriously. I did. went international. I watched a Japan international break friendly in Japan. They lost 2-1 to Colombia, despite a lovely header from our favorite Mitoma. Uh, maybe not yours, because he's on Brighton. But Ooh, Brighton. I like him. Um, and I like Brighton. And no relation. Yeah. And <laughs> He's an exciting player, though. But we are, of course, here to talk about the Europa and the Europa Conference League. As we always do, we're full steam ahead for the last two months of the season. Um, we're down to just eight teams in each competition. Four matches apiece. Um, so for once, finally, in this competition, this season, we can kind of actually focus on the games and not go rapid fire. We might actually have some commentary about some stuff. Um, so without any further ado, why don't we start at the first uh, fixture on Thursday in the Europa League at 1245 Eastern, that it would be Feyenoord visiting Roma in the famous Olympico. Yeah, so Roma, last round, they took out one of the biggest obstacles left in this competition, beating Your mom? Real Sociedad. That is highly <laughs> Got him. We got him, everyone. This time will be kind of interesting because there will be no away fans at either game. Roma banned Feyenoord away fans after 2015's disastrous trip, which resulted in Feyenoord fans rioting because they weren't allowed to drink in public during the day and damaging some historic fountains. And then Feyenoord, rightfully so, said, well, if we can't have away fans at yeah, your fuck place, you, guys. you can't have away fans at ours, which sounds fair. Uh, 2015, I believe, was the only other time they've met in the Europa League, but they did meet in last year's Conference League final. How about that? Yeah. That was, uh, if I recall, that was a boring 1-0 to Roma. It was. Which Feyenoord maybe should have probably had a goal in there um it was a classic jose performance yeah um but none the matter uh fine order is a much stronger team actually despite yeah. losing most of their starting 11 yeah. from last year they've performed something of a miracle and are the best team in holland by how many points now is it eight points clear you know it is at least a few um they are um it is hold for applause Eight points, Eight right points clear. Right this uh, comes off the back of an enormous head-to-head fixture against Ajax, um, in which they defeated them 3-2, wow. um, I believe this final score was. In Amsterdam, it was hugely dramatic, um, and that it solidified was- Feyenoord as, as the best team in the league. Um, basically, they have six matches to go. They're at a canter. They're going to win the league, and yeah. nobody but... PSV and Ajax have won the league in quite a while. I think Feyenoord won it in 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty exciting for the league, I think, and for Europe as a whole. Um, but yeah, Feyenoord are in, are, are continue to be in excellent form. Um, they yeah. they did lose to Ajax again in the in the cup semi final. Yeah, I've got a little bit of so the treble there. isn't on the table. Yeah, um, the Conference League treble, <laughs> the famous the famed treble. Yeah. Um, Roma have also been having a pretty solid season. They moved up to third place in Serie A. After the weekend, with somehow uh, I don't know Milan how Lazio and, and Roma are in second. What is yeah. going on here, Lee David? I just <laughs> tell someone to get their shit together. Milan Inter just dropping points left yeah. and right. They neither team seems like they want to be in the Champions League. So Roma said, mm-hmm. "What if we held that spot for just one day, <laughs> just a little bit? We'll keep the seat warm for you." They took care of Torino in what was a really kind of dull 
game. A dull game? Yeah. A dull Roma game? How about that? Yeah. Dybala scored early. And once again, I think we see just how important he is to the team. Mm -hmm. Probably going to be the most important player in this tie. Just everything in Roma. He's got got 11 goals, six assists in Serie A this season, Mm -hmm. which is a lot more than Tammy. Yeah, Tammy's really, really been struggling this year. Yeah, uh, the whole season. Major step back from 2021. In the league, he has he, he's operating at a at a at a four expected goal or four four goal difference between in his goals and expected goals. That's just in the league. Yeah, that's really really bad. Yeah, especially from a guy who a lot of people coming into the season thought might be he maybe the third best striker in the league behind Lautaro and Victor Osimhen, but mm-hmm. definitely not in that conversation anymore uh, their backup striker not doing much better he mm-hmm. the torino fans had a great banner for andrea belotti who was returning after a very very long time at torino and the banner read we would insult you but jose doesn't play you <laughs> <laughs> ouch yeah uh so, that's tough i did want to bring like do you think tammy's time at Roma should be coming to an end after the season is it well if the... Chelsea operate the 80 million yeah. buyback clause <laughs> yeah, I mean, Roma might be uh, uh themselves that they've missed out on the opportunity uh, but... that would be a very Chelsea thing to do. yeah well let's add them to the let's add them to the mix yeah and I think it might be time to cut that relationship he just doesn't seem like he has it with Roma anymore mm-hmm. I think he goes to like a mid-table Premier League club and he could get his form back and look like another good look like he did the year before but it's just the way Jose plays right now. Mm-hmm. I don't see much coming from Tammy. But, you know, Dabala will be create, creative in this game for sure. Stefano Sharari and Pellegrini definitely offer attacking options there, and they can both score themselves. So it isn't just Tammy where they're going to find their goals. I think Roma can spread the attack out and should be able to find at least one goal against Feyenoord at home. We'll see on the return leg. But at home, yeah. I think Roma could should find at least one goal. But Feyenoord, strong attack, too. Santiago Jimenez. Meanwhile, yeah, if you're a CONCACAF fan, could be the future of the Mexican national team. 21-year-old uh, forward. He's got 10 league goals this season. Um, it's really annoying that FOTMOB can, doesn't show you, like, a cumulative. Yeah. Um, that's something I could look up, but it's not easy enough for me to do. So, well, um, yeah, Santiago Jimenez. He's five um, in Europa League. Okay, he's got 15 goals overall. Um they're Orkun Koku, I think that's how you pronounce it, right? I've yeah. never been sure with Turkish. Yeah, there... and I feel like every time we watch a game, it has yeah. the announcer has a slightly Koku, different Koku, pronunciation. Koku. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's sort of gonna be he's sort of the future of the Turkish national team in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um so classically classic Eredivisie team. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun young players. Um they also have a they have they have a Danilo from Brazil, but he's not who you not think that's the new no. <laughs> um which Danilo are you thinking of when we say not that? Sort of partners Santiago Jimenez up front. Um, they're a, they're a useful pair. Um, this one, this is a toss up here. You go against the uh, you know the the how would you say um, the experience, but the the sort of the wherewithal. The uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The know how. The know how. Yeah. Yeah. Of a Jose and some of the vets on this Roma side. Versus the upstarts, the the surprise champ, probable champions of their divisi. Yeah. Um. Hard to pick this one. I'm gonna go ahead and and and. Oh, it's in Feyenoord. I said it was in Roma, didn't I? Yeah. You this did. one's in Feyenoord. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Feyenoord two one here. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the vibes. I think this first leg, I have it coming down one one. Very I possible. Think, 
I just think both teams have enough to find a goal, but maybe not enough to really outplay the other side. I feel like it'll be a, a pretty even game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to uh, some of our 3 p.m. fixtures Ooh, in the Europa League. Yeah. Let's start um, at, at Old Trafford, the theater of nightmares, Manchester United and Sevilla. Um, some things have happened with these sides since we last talked. Um, not too much with United. They've sort of been steadily creeping along in the league. Yeah, and they're, um, this game's form's good. not quite as strong as it was like early in the winter. Yes, but their home form still pretty home good. Home form is excellent. Five in a row unbeaten now, I mm. believe. So that I think this they're would be a tough task for Sevilla to go and end that streak. Yeah, and you know they're sitting. I think they're still sitting third or fourth. They're about tied on Newcastle. Yeah, um, keeping Tottenham at bay right now for that fifth, uh, in that fourth spot. Um, but Sevilla have had some interesting things happen. Um, they are finally off the bottom three, <laughs> like finally. scare a little bit. I mean, they're yeah. still in it. Uh, they're only five points clear, but it looks like they're probably just about going to do it. But they have moved on from their manager since we last talked. So yes. Paoli's gotten the axe. Um, I'm not sure why it took as long, <laughs> to be honest. Um, or why now? I don't. I don't. I couldn't really tell you. But yeah. um, they. What do you? What do you even say yeah. about Sevilla, man? I don't know. Well, to put, let's do the optimism thing. Okay. Right. One. It's the Europa League, mm-hmm. and Sevilla do really, really well in the Europa League. They've won their last road game, which was their first road win since January 17th. Oh, my God. So that's yeah. two road wins. It was Cotties, but still. Yeah, but that's two yeah. road wins yeah, since yeah, the yeah. return from that's the true. World Cup break. And their new manager, uh, Mandelabar, very different approach. Mm. He's been titled the anti-modern manager. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. So he's famous for playing, like, old-school balls-to-the-wall type of attack like not, like, like he was the anti-modern manager mm-hmm. in the 2000s this is very like traditional attacking mm-hmm. football he plays a really 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 high line mm-hmm. he was it was the highest line in spain last time he was managing uh in la liga he wants territory and not possession he doesn't care about mm-hmm. having the ball he's a he's a bielsen yeah 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 uh, so hopefully they'll be more fun to watch at least yeah. he will keep the wingers super wide too so mm-hmm might see some lineup changes to try to keep the ball further on the wings looking for crosses which does seem kind of bad when you're playing united that seems bad yeah united who um, are very good at defending crosses i think so especially because yeah. i would imagine mcguire plays the europa league games for them right now maybe i feel like he's, not really sure yeah i know he wasn't before yeah but i feel like with the run-in he's kind of like teetering on the outs of the starting 11 he's definitely gotten a little more run than he has pre-league cup yeah um i kind of see i think if they start him and uh um varan i feel like it's going to be almost impossible for sevilla to score i mean you're not winning headers over and also so this is a little misleading but so because they've only played four games again they dropped down from the champions league only Mm -hmm. four games in the europa league but do you want to know what who what their uh what their leading scorer goal total is in the in those four games uh sevilla yeah their leading goal scorer it's got to be a defender right well, how many goals though is oh, their leading total? Two. One. One. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so in four, they have uh Eric Lamella, Juan Hordan, Lucas Ocampos, Nemanja Udelia. Yusuf and Nezri all have scored one. That's a total of five goals yeah. um in those four matches. And yet they've gone through two rounds. So <laughs> so I again uh I don't want to say that. I don't want to give them not a chance because it's via in the Europa League. Yeah. And we keep saying not to doubt them, but I'm going to doubt them and I'm going to take United um, at home 2-0. Yeah. Especially 
at United because Sevilla have been so bad on the road. United have been so good at home. Mm-hmm. Sevilla's play style should play right into United's and give them a huge yeah. advantage in that. What Sevilla wants, Sevilla had the benefit, actually. Usually you want to be home second. Sevilla mm-hmm. kind of almost like opposite. Yeah. With the last two ties, they've gotten a gotten a tight or they've gotten a win um, at home and then had to hold on like a solid like win, 2-0, 3-0, and then have to hold on for dear life on the road. But that kind of suits them. At least under Sam Pauli. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the opposite. They don't want to be chasing a tie. That's yeah. not really something they're comfortable with this stage. Um, so I don't think this I don't think this benefits them at all. Yeah. I think their job in this first leg though has to be to keep it close. Fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. Try to get out of Kicks there with people with a draw or one nothing or yeah. two one, something like that. Uh I don't see it happening. I have United winning this three nothing. I mean three nothing. I think well, United put the tie to bed yep. in this one. Uh, but that being said, everything is going to bed, to United. United. Mm-hmm. So Sevilla are going to win now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or the tie, anyway. Yeah. Um, let's do one more, and then I'm going to uh, check the temperature in the chicken I have in the oven. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, let's do Juve and Sporting. This one in Turin. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What do you think about how how Juve's been doing? Our resident Syria expert here. Yeah, I was... again. So remember, fifteen point deduction. Juve should be in second right now by a point. I was prepared to come in here and talk about how good Juve's form had been. Mm-hmm. And then they lost to Lazio. Yes, they did. On Saturday. And they did not look. Or actually in second. Yeah. <laughs> but they just didn't look convincing at all in that game. Yeah. Uh, they, have, they rarely do. Like, they've just become Allegri's, like, wet dream recently. Yeah. I mean, it's everything that he wants out of a team mm-hmm. is what they've been doing. They are giving up possession. They're defending incredibly well. They're hitting people on the counter, but they can't find that second goal. Like they've had so many opportunities to put teams away early, and they're still leaving it to these like one nothing. They have seven one nothing wins since January. Nice, it's a lot, and a big part of that is because Vlaovic. Very Barcelona this year. Vlaovic just can't score. No, like at all. I was checking at he actually uh, uh, is tied for the Serie A total lead of goals scored. I said that so badly uh, with Rabio. So that's no, you mean for Juventus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in the in the in Syria, yeah. him and Blav, Rabio and Vlavic both have eight to lead the team. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Vlavic, nice. I think, has two in the Europa League. Um and then do you see the XG on there? Yeah. Yeah. He's underperforming, but yeah. not it's only eight point five XG. Yeah. I would have thought it'd be higher than that. Yeah. But... Look at this dumb fucking grin on his face in this picture. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Juventus are gonna need, I think, to try to find goals from another uh, source. Yeah, and who's been great in the Europa League so far? Di Maria. Di Maria. Di Maria has been wonderful in the Europa League so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he should be back fully healthy, ready to play. He had a bit of a knock over the international break, but he is old. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh I don't really trust sporting this season either. So that's in their benefit. I think they're I think they'll be happy with they, they kind of got the team in the other than Sevilla mm-hmm. in the least inspired form. Yeah. So they could be worse here for them. Um, I think they still have to be favored over a sporting team that just oh, you meant to see yeah, yeah sorry yeah. that just can't get consistency. I mean, they've been better mm-hmm. in the this calendar year sporting. Yeah, but you know they're still and they're, and they're kind of creeping up the table, but they're it's, still five points off third, which is yeah. the Champions League spot, the last Champions League spot, and, and that's where you would expect sporting to be. You yeah, not be not yeah, especially after winning the title two years ago, like yeah. not finishing in the top three would be kind of bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have the consistency outside of you know Pedro Gonzalez. Yeah, um, I also worry because looking back at the Arsenal game, one of the ways that they really 
Coco control that tie. And when they looked their best was when they were catching Arsenal playing out of the back, mm-hmm. right? And Sporting were getting up high and kind of forcing Arsenal to turn over. And Arsenal were also moving the ball up the field. And Sporting have to say they're, they're be- probably the their field. best two performances of the year. Those yeah. those Arsenal games. Yeah, I just don't see Juventus holding the ball in the back mm-hmm. line the same way Arsenal do. Yeah, right. So I think that might hurt Sporting's ability to kind of catch them. Yeah, I think Juve is totally going to bullshit this tie. Yeah. I think I, I'm going to take him 2-0 in this I, first leg. I also have him 2-0 in this first leg. In Fuck large him. part, too, because Ugarte is missing the first leg because of the red card he got yeah. in extra time. So mm. he is a huge part in sporting, like, controlling the pace of playing the midfield. Yeah. That can be tough to overcome. Yeah, we'll see what they have to offer. I'm curious how they look, Yeah, um, if they have any of that Arsenal magic. Uh, Finally, Leverkusen, Finally. Union St. Jolas, my favorite tie. Yeah. Should be everyone's favorite tie. It's, it's going to be the, the best hipster. game to watch, probably. This is the hipster tie of the week. It's going to be, yeah, the hipster tie of the week. It's going to be the best watch, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leverkusen crowd should be up for it. Um, our guy, Xabi Alonso, has really got this team purring recently. Oh, yeah. um, they're flying up the table. They've won, I don't know how many in a row, at least five uh, <laughs> in, all, <laughs> in all competitions. They're up to sixth, which is pretty inconceivable, considering mm-hmm. they're down in, like, 14th, I think, when he took over. Yeah. Um, and yeah, four there's, and they're only, uh, five points out of the, uh, of off Leipzig in fourth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're still in the hunt for that last champions league spot. Very impressive work from Xabi Alonso. They've definitely passed the eye test in the Europa league that we've seen mm-hmm. so far. And we've been talking about how it's a team to look out for if they figure out their run, just given how exciting their young squad is. And because this tournament, it might be their best way into the champions league. Yeah, as well. Although five points, Leipzig you know, have started. Oh yeah, Leipzig kind of faltering a little bit right now. So maybe there's. A but even more than that, it's good. even beyond that. It's a competition. I think that they can win. Like yeah. they're basic. They're basically like on any. You play a single game or a single tie, they can Absolutely. go toe to toe with any of these teams at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think it's kind of we're in a good, nice place in this competition. Um, you'd say that about quite a few of these. Yeah. Um, is there any team that you would? St. Joao's sporting. Might be the, I, I, I think sporting could be anybody in a one-on-one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. St. Joao's maybe. Sevilla, probably not. Yeah. Sevilla is the worst team in the, the last Definitely. Eight. Talent-wise and play-wise. Well, talent-wise, they should be better than St. Joao's, but. Maybe. Yeah, but, you know. St. Joao's do have some absolute studs, like Victor Boniface, who will hopefully be playing for Milan. Love year. Victor. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, But, yeah, I mean, nobody, no studs like Musa Diaby. You know, Jeremy Frimpong, yeah, our favorite player of all time. Florian Verts. Florian Verts. I did I did want to pose this question. Who do you think has been more responsible for Leverkusen's comeback? Like, because Florian Verts came back in January and the team has looked so much better since then. I think it's Xabi Alonso. Have been really good too. Yeah, it's it's Alonso, but also Verts is fucking awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. They're just like we talk about this every fucking week that we that we're on this podcast, but we I just like can't get enough of some of these guys on the yeah. On on the and we haven't barely seen Patrick Schick because he's fucking injured all the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oddly is great. Just full of just full of exciting. I forgot Hudson Adoy was on loan on this team. <laughs> I also forgot. It's about just that. a who's who of let's fucking goes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's yeah. I think they have to be favored in this tie, despite Saint Jill was you know still running the fucking table in in Belgium and it's got gone to strength from strength. Um. Creeping up on Gank's gap, Gank, Gank have been in first this entire season in 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 the first division in Belgium. They've cut the gap to just two points, 
Um, With the chance to maybe pass them over the weekend because Gank have a tough fixture against Anderlecht, too. Mm-hmm. Even though they've been bad in the league, are still Anderlecht. And St. Joe Wallace play RFC Sirang, who are dead last to 19 <laughs> points. So. There you go. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter until when you get your points halved at the yeah. end of the season. So true. it's it's pretty much at this point with Antwerp to have been yeah. in great form. It's pretty much a three team race up there. They're Oops, only, I kicked the table. They're only two That's points away terrible. or two games away from the end of the yeah. regular season. Very exciting yeah. stuff. Also, last round they beat a German team. That has to factor in mentally as well to your preparations to be like maybe we've gone to Germany, <laughs> beaten a German team that's above Leverkusen in the table. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the fear factor of playing a big, big team, mm-hmm. right? Because you've already gone and beaten a team that should theoretically be better than this one. Mm-hmm. So I think that could factor in a little bit as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look out for Boniface. He's got uh, seven goals in the league, five in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Tuma holding Teddy it up Tuma. in the midfield. Yeah, super um, creative player. He's the man. Yeah, great great watch this game. Um, it, I think... St. Joe's, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep surprising us with some results, but in, in the meantime, I'm going to pick Leverkusen 2-1 to one at home. I this is a 3-2. Oh, I love win. that so much. I hope that happens. Um, and now we're going to take a pause while I check my chicken. Chicken is almost ready. Very exciting. Update. Um, so that's wrapped up the Europa League. Should we move to the Conference League? Absolutely. Europe's least sexy competition. Come on in, buddy. Dogs being annoying. Yeah. It's part standing. of life, therefore, part of our life. And so, listener, it's part of yours. Standing right outside. Of you're the a good boy. That's going to be let in. You're a good boy. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, now <laughs> that we've had that lovely interjection from the dog, we're going to move on to Ghent, West Ham United. Um, Excuse me, make sure you stick around to give us your predictions as well. West Ham is insisting still on threatening with relegation. Um, even though they've had a couple of, they finally had a, a couple of big results, um, not including their absolute disaster of a performance against Newcastle last Wednesday, yes. where they had two of the worst uh, conceded goals you'll ever see. Yeah. One from our friend Aguard, who's having a real shocker since the World Cup. Yes, uh, We're all talking about what a good signing that is. And he's had moments, like he scored the other day too. Um, I believe in that Fulham win, he had the winner in the one nil. Um, but he's also had three of the worst like giveaways for goals I've seen in the last month in a long time. Yeah. Um, two in one game. Um, and then um, someone we shouldn't even be talking about, I guess, because he doesn't uh, because he doesn't play in this competition. But Fabianski had gave the ball away to Ishak yeah. in the really that was a really tough yeah. one. Um, that was a bad one. But Ariola plays in the Europa Conference League anyway, so who cares yeah. about Fabianski? Ariola's been a pretty safe pair of hands for them this tournament so far. Uh, but I like a safe hand. I think the issue for them is just going to be, can they finally get a performance scoring? Even though they've mm-hmm. only lost one of their last six, they've only scored multiple goals in two of those games. Mm. And they were both against AK Larnaca. Yeah. So, <laughs> and in the, they've been bad the second leg when they scored four, three of those were after uh, Larnaca were down to 10 men. Yeah. Usually, if you look at the standings, you're like, oh, they're in 14th, whatever. Usually, 14th is better than one point a game at this yeah. stage in the Premier League season. Uh, so, it's been it's been tough. They're still only three points clear of the releg- very tense relegation battle mm-hmm. playing out in England. Um, normally, though, I'd say not too much of a problem against Ghent. Ghent's been kind of bad all year. Not so recently. 
again, have really picked up their form. They've climbed up to fourth in the table. Wow. Um, yeah, they've won a lot of games recently. Um, yeah, and they keep kept making their way through this competition. This is no longer a fixture that I'd sort of send West Ham through willy-nilly. I think this is this could be nerving for West Ham if they play like they have been, especially Gens at home in the first in the first leg. I think they have just about a chance to get a result here. Yeah, so you talk about against good form. They've actually gone seven straight without a loss. I love that for them. Two draws in that time span. Oh, wow. That's five wins, David. That's math. Five wins. That's math. One of those draws was Istanbul Bashakshi here, which they managed to beat 4-1 in the return leg as well. So Which which surprised us at the time. Yeah. Uh, And the other one was Union St. Chihuahua. So that's two really good teams that they uh, had their two draws against. Other than that, just been beating teams left and right. Yeah, in Belgium, the eye test is looking good for them. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pick a two-two draw in this fixture yeah. in this tie here. So before, when I was like first saw this draw, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, Ghent, like Ghent West Ham, that feels like a real European like competition." But this is Ghent's first European quarterfinal since the 1991-92. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, good for them. I didn't. I didn't realize what a big deal that was. It's also the, only the second time they've been in a European quarterfinal. Oh, wow. I, know. I guess that's like why we have the conference league because yeah, that's what this is for. I guess that makes sense, right? Like it's it just, hard for them in the Champions yeah. League and the Europa League. I just don't, you know, you don't see them in the conference league, and you're like, what are they doing in the quarterfinals? But um, Lech, we've talked about, and we're actually going to move to Lech in a second. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think about predictions here? Uh, I think this is going to look really similar to when the two teams played in 1964 and 1965 Cup Winners' Cup, <laughs> which saw West Ham advance two one over two legs, and I think West Ham win this one two one. That's great stuff. Yeah. And now I take the chicken out of the oven. Wow. Back after these ad messages. Go get that poultry. As promised, we're going to return to Lek here. Um, or go to Lek, I should yeah. say. Um, headed to Poland. They will host Fiorentina, mm-hmm. who have been in fine form. Um, Lek have been in also fine form. They're in third. That's about right, usually. Yeah. It's just so hard to judge with the Polish league. Yeah. Too, that's about right for them, right? Third? Yeah, yeah right behind Legia and... Rakow, just don't even, don't even, just to show it, don't even. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, the they've never been to a European quarterfinal before. No, I don't believe. Uh, so everything from here on is a win. Has been in um, a really, really long time. If yeah, this is already a win of a season. I, you wouldn't love their chances here, given that Fiorentina have finally fucking gotten their season together the last mm-hmm. month or two. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, when you have Mikhail Ishak on your team. You never fucking know. Well, what's fun about this game is that both teams have two of the top scorers in the competition. Oh, la, la. Ishak and Skoras on Lech and Cabral and Jovic mm. on Fiorentina. All four of those players are in the top seven goal scorers wow. in the conference league. So could be a fun game to watch. Could feature a lot of goals because Fiorentina are a pretty good team. And they also think defending is an optional part of the game. Mm-hmm. So Lech could find a way. Through in this one, I wouldn't be surprised with. I mean, Lech fans are kind of awesome too. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised to see them get a result here and then get their ass kicked in in Italy. I believe, yeah. I'm gonna go uh, two two just for vibes. Lech have results against big teams. Yeah. In this competition, Villarreal, Villarreal notably. Yeah. Uh, Fiorentina though are the most effective pressing team in Serie A. Mm, that could be trouble. That could be trouble for like a team not mm-hmm. renowned for their ball playing center backs. <laughs> Um, How would you know? Because <laughs> I've watched them in the Conference read, League. Have you read the uh, the Polish trades? 
No, but I've watched them play <laughs> in the conference league. <laughs> so I've yeah, but that. you know they booted up to Ishak, no problem. Yeah. Target man, that shit. That's true. So get some free kicks. Get rid of the ball really quickly. I'm going two two for vibes. Okay. You can't stop me. I'm going three one. Fiorentina's won nine out of the last ten games. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they have. That's no fun though, is it? No, it's not as fun. It'd be great to see Lack get a result, especially at home. Let's do Basel Nice. I have no idea how Basel is this far in this competition. They've done nothing but be bad this season or mediocre, I guess. Yeah. Um, they're still mid table in uh you know in what's crazy about them Swiss being like bad slash mediocre is that they're also on pace for their worst domestic season this millennium. That's crazy. Is yeah. it actually that bad? Yeah. I mean, they went through a period where they pretty much won every single season mm-hmm. for like 15 years yeah. before young boys decided to, that they were the best team in the league. Yeah. So I guess we all kind of forgot just how dominant Basel normally are. But yeah, and they're... yet they're in a European quarterfinals. <laughs> and they're four points off second place. Yeah, they have <laughs> they have like no business. Yeah, Swiss yeah. League is wild this year. Dude. One point behind third. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Zurich, meanwhile, our 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 alumni yeah. in the in the Europa League this season is not going to be relegated, probably. <laughs> they're four points clear Basically. right now so that's we'll keep an eye on that one yeah. um they, there's a long way to go though a long, long, way, long to go. way to go um there's I, time this is one on paper that really shouldn't be a match at all mm-hmm. like nice should wreck these fools that said nice have drawn for their last five matches yeah uh and lost and, to psg also but they, they played really really well against psg if it weren't for donnarumma standing yeah. on his head in uh-huh. that game it very well could have been. That's not very effective goalkeeping. Surprised yeah. he did so well doing with that technique. Yeah, well, he's um, a tall man. He's pretty lanky. So yeah, we talked about how he's really, really righted their form after finally sacking Lucien Favre. Mm. Um, but and it seems like they've sort of hit a wall here. They're in their in their last push to hit Europe. Um, it looks like they're probably going to fall short. Uh, they're a good you know five to seven points clear. Yeah, because of this dip in form, but also. With that said, is there a better way to get back into Europe and an improve even better competition in the Europa Probably League not. than winning this tournament? Probably not. Probably not. And they have to think that they're capable of winning this tournament. They're at definitely... this point, at this point, there's like four teams that you'd say actually have a chance mm-hmm. in West Ham, Nice, Fiorentina, and AZ. And said, yeah. So like, fuck it, dude. You never know. Yeah. I mean, they... Um, they have they have good players. Mm-hmm. They definitely do. And one of the other concerns is that Basel come into this with six players a yellow card away from suspension. Cool. So even if they manage to like uh-huh. sneak a result in this game, uh-huh. a lot of key players could be missing from the second leg, like Shakiri, or sorry, Zakiri. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, Shaka and Calafuri. Shaka, the sh- second Shaka bro. Yeah, all yellow card away. Those are really key players yeah. for them. Uh, also, they're on an interim coach right now, Basel. Mm-hmm. It's Heiko Vogel. No mm. relation to Frank. No relation. No relation. Uh, so, what's your prediction? I have Nice dropping the hammer. I think Nice Whoa. went four nothing. I have them two one. Yeah. Um. Finally, uh, yeah. we're going back to Belgium. Uh, it's going to be Anderlecht versus A Z. Anderlecht we sort of mentioned bef- briefly before, um, in our Belgium conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are still. <laughs> I have no idea. Um. AZ haven't exactly been in rock solid form either. They've lost two of their last three. They drew the other one. Um, they're sort of slipping out of the top three picture mm-hmm. after a pretty successful season overall and kind of back where they usually finish, which is like four or fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth or fifth. Um with Twente. Um, so I mean, I don't really know what to say about about this one either, because the, on paper, again, I test says Alkmaar 
should comfortably handle this tie, but you just never know in the conference league, do you? And we have uh, seen in this competition that domestic form can sometimes be meaningless. And yeah. Azed's boss, even this deep into the competition. Yeah. Azed's boss, Pascal Janssen, said the same thing. He said, Nothing makes sense. Underlecht <laughs> are and will remain a top club. Their domestic form means nothing to me. From a European perspective, they're doing fine. That sure are. Yeah. And so are AZ. So this is one where I really have no idea. I, therefore, I'm going to default to a 1-1 one, one in Anderlecht. I did 2-2. Two, two. Ah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I do was... think Alkmaar will go through overall. Um, and I am going to kind of pick chalk in, in the Conference League here mm-hmm. throughout. Um, but we'll see if these first legs influence influence our, our thought process in any way next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. All these ties feel like they should be readily predictable. Mm-hmm. But feels like one of them has one to of them won't be chalk right one yeah. of them will surprise us i'm gonna for surprising i'm gonna pick ghent west ham i think that's gonna be the one that i, I think ghent it. is gonna be the team that that surprises us west ham also had some very important games to focus on domestically yeah they do. relegation so they do they don't want to be playing europa league football in the championship next year no. um they'll take it but so that actually uh wraps up our our uh our, our prediction stuff our preview material um, we're going to hit you with a couple of little news bits, little segments before yeah. we close out here. Um, now that we have some extra time. Yeah, we're not lazy. Yeah. We're not lazy people. Yeah, we have half the games. So yeah. might as well do some extra little fun bits on the side. All right, go for it. And notably, coming up soon, we finally started seeing some of the finals for these domestic cups. We love them. And, and of course, it's not that's it's related to these podcasts yeah. because that's how a lot of these teams qualify is through the Mexico cup Indeed. including in France where we're guaranteed to have the French cup winner qualify for the Europa league because neither of them are in a position to make Europe. Otherwise, nope. it's Toulouse who will be playing. no nope in the final two lower mid table teams. Yeah. Um, I believe not going for back. I think they're in 13th and 14th respectively. I think Toulouse might've jumped up over the weekend, oh, but good for them. yeah, but yeah, two teams that are not, Having the best Toulouse, seasons. Even I think their second season back up in Syria after being in Serie B for a little, for for a season. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Toulouse are now in twelfth. Okay. Now, yeah, they passed Montpellier. Yeah, not kind of getting dragged back. Yeah. Into the if you like, if you bit, like but... fun, uh, modernly run hipster clubs, go check out Toulouse. Toulouse oh, yeah. has got some like, some of that like Brentford kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, really good academy. Yeah. Um, trying to do things a little differently in the last couple of years, it seems to be working for them. Um, meanwhile, Nantes, of course, won the fucking thing last year, surprising yeah, everybody. I think a, they beat PSG, didn't they? In the they final? Did, was that in the final? Yeah, it was in the final. final? Okay. Um, that sent them into rapture uh, yeah. in the region. <laughs> and of course, we talked about this in the fall, but they had their first European nights in over 20 years. Yeah. Um, a great crowd. And fucking who probably knows how long it's been for Toulouse. Like, probably similar. Yeah. If not even longer. Like, um, David's going to talk while I look that up. Yeah, so not coming, going for back-to-back. And it does kind of raise the question of how many cup wins does it take to make a team a top-half team? <laughs> <laughs> like, how long can they keep doing this? Uh, but it'd be really, really fun to see them back in. And Toulouse, I think, would be a very similar story. Like, they have enough pedigree that you're rec- the name is instantly recognizable while being a fun and uniquely run club, which just adds a whole other element. And these lower table French sides all seem to have really passionate fan bases and great crowds. They sure do. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a hell of a hell of a uh, display of fandom. 
Yeah, um, regardless. It's, it's definitely some like shit that Copa 90 will probably be at. <laughs> I don't know if you saw yeah. the semifinal, the end of the semifinal for Nantes, but they stormed the field. It was in, like in a happy way. Like it was awesome. like watching a college football game yeah. in the US. And they won it last year. Yeah. Um. So the Toulouse finished fourth in League One in 2008-9 last. That was last time um, they were in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they've only made it a couple of times. It's not, not a common thing for them. Uh, so there'll be, and you know, purple and yellow, just a fun combo. Yeah. It's going to be a bright, lively occasion. And they're not the only big country with the interesting finalists. Is Osasuna have qualified for the Copa del Rey final? They'll be playing Real Madrid, which is obviously unfortunate, but a, yeah, a tough team kicked the shit out against. of Barcelona the other day. Yeah, even though they've they kind of gotten their ass handled them by Barcelona this season, mm-hmm. and the. And even like head to head last season, there was yeah, even though they won the time. I think it been five games. Sure. Yeah, they were ready yeah, to. One. Yeah, it was time for that. Always happens in the in the in the in the classico in the classico where there's like a something swings back the other direction when it yeah. when it gets too when it gets too taut. So Osasuna are in the race to qualify for Europe domestically, but this you know one off game gives them a totally yeah. It's not a no, you can see by the fan way. reactions too there. Like Pamplona was fucking wild yeah this is um, not a team that would typically qualify for you no so even though they're either. really they're they've been solidly mid-table for like a while now yeah but this is their best season in terms of just even for the eye test just in form mm-hmm. for a long time they're probably i mean they're, they're still competing for seven yeah this would be a good way to seal mm-hmm. uh europe and it would kick them from the conference league up to the europa league yeah. which would be good for them as well yeah it'd be a nice thing for the development of the club they seem to be trending in the right direction I Some do. nice stuff there. Yeah. Uh, in Italy, Fiorentina look like they're on their way to punching a ticket to the final. They beat Cremonese in the first leg of their semi. And Juventus and Inter played to a 1-1 shockingly exciting uh, draw there with a lot of controversy. Uh, some not-so-great controversy with, I uh, think that was a game in which there were racist chants for that Lukaku, and then he Stop. got sent off for, quote-unquote, provoking the crowd as the ref didn't hear any of the chance that he thought Lukaku was just like teasing the crowd to tease yeah. him. Then Juan Cuadrado went on Tough his... to send him off for that. Yeah. Cuadrado started going crazy and got himself a red card. Mm-hmm. He did a little dance earlier too. Yeah. I like the dance. Um, yeah, it was a very exciting game, if not always for the best reasons, but Fiorentina could punch themselves a ticket to Europe in multiple ways this year. They look like a team that's going to go to Europe one way or the other right now. They're teetering on the edge of seventh domestically as well uh let's uh let's uh give a quick shout out to the fa cup too i want to do that because yeah a i mean obviously we had the exciting wrexham run this year um and the fa cup in the third and fourth round is always awesome upsets um but for the quarterfinals bit unusually half the teams that made the quarterfinals this year were not in the premier league wow Um, really yeah burnley who obviously was promoted Mm -hmm. this week um got crushed by city sheffield is in the semi-final Holy forgot Sheffield. I was looking at it. I was like, I yeah. see all the teams in Sheffield, the final. Again, now. Sheffield's probably about to be promoted back yeah, to the I just forgot they were in so, the championship. Yeah. yeah. So, but technically, two, that's a cha- that's a championship team in the semis. Mm-hmm. They're also going to get crushed by City. Yeah. Uh, why does City get keep getting paired with championship teams? Uh, Brighton is in the semifinals, which obviously they're at like a top okay. seven club now, probably. But they're top new, half club. They're club. new. So that's nice. And they have a you know equal chance, you'd say, against United. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grim, they beat Grimsby Town wow. in the quarterfinals. What which league are Grimsby? Are they league, league two. League two? I was going to guess I league believe. one, but yeah. I think they're league two. Um, regardless. I yeah, they're in league two. League no, two. they're in league one. I'm sorry. Okay. No, wait. They're in league two. They're in league two. Yeah. Um, so, they had just a standings page right Yeah, there. they're in league two. It's wild. Um, so that's exciting stuff. 
will either gonna have City's probably just gonna fucking win again. Um, probably. <laughs> they're sure gonna be Sheffield. Um, oh, and, but aren't even good in League Two. No, fourteenth right yeah. now. Yeah, well, that's a wild run, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, they beat Southampton in this round of sixteen. Yeah. Um, they're either gonna play City. Will probably either play Brighton or United. So it could be a either way. It's like Bright. Maybe somebody new wins, or it'll be a Manchester Derby, which will be fun. yeah. Um. Yeah. Finally, let's let's wrap up with the poll call here. The quarterfinals saw some big boys go down. Freiburg did us all a favor, knocked Bayern out. Um, yeah. coming off. Tuchel's big first day after the Schmack Dortmund. Uh, Freiburg gets some tags him back there. Um, so we have, uh, and then Leipzig uh, knocked out Dortmund, which whatever. I mean, like, yeah, Dortmund's big boy, the Leipzig yeah. are the, you know, Germany's most evil club, according to the to the German support. Um, that gives us Stuttgart and Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt, a couple years ago, won the, I think like five years ago, won yeah. their first trophy in a really long time in this Pokal. It was a big deal. Um, then we have Freiburg and Leipzig. Freiburg were just in the Pokal final last year and lost to Leipzig. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which we covered a little bit on the podcast. Hopefully, no, we didn't. Uh, no. No, we didn't have a podcast. <laughs> so uh, we would have, though. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of means of revenge for Freiburg. And hopefully we have uh, a really wholesome German final also, in addition to the French French wholesome final. Yeah. And um, uh, Leipzig would be going for only their second trophy as a club because yeah, they, they won last year up throughout all their promotions they, yeah they won last year yeah, yeah. um so be kind Did of they really yeah that's interesting yeah they finished runner up in the three two and now regular bundesliga that's interesting yeah. uh, if you were to rank those like cup competitions just of the top five because that's really all we can follow yeah i right? think i'm thinking i i'm not gonna from a whole history standpoint yeah, i can't not, do that not from so what a, i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a power ranking yeah so in turn, and first of all, the Coupe de France has to be first it's because so of the crazy. randomness, like the chaos that's yeah. going on. And the fact that there's almost always a team from like Réunion or Guiana who manages. Yeah, there wasn't even a top, pro- there wasn't even a top half club in the semifinals, <laughs> let alone the final. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Um, I think it's tough for me between the Pokal and the FA Cup. The FA Cup has so much joy in those early like rounds and is so unique in that way. But I think I'm going to put the poke all second because um, there's kind of similar vibes there actually yeah. where, you know, teams are losing to fourth round, fourth league teams and, mm-hmm. and Ger- Germans take it really seriously. Yeah. Um, and I think it has the potential for a non Bayern Munich to win more often than the FA cup does. Yeah. Which one of the big boys, one of the few, yeah, oh, it's also big just boys. more big boys in England, so yeah. it's harder, right? Right, because it's not just oh, Bayern lost, which makes it fun. Yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah, you need City, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, right. Toulouse, Chelsea. Right. Yeah, right. and you usually have two big boys in the final, mm-hmm. or you have a big boy and like one a, small boy. A lamb yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then after that, we'll have uh, Copa del Rey. Mm-hmm. Because magic sometimes still happens in the Copa del Rey, and then it's usually won by Barca or Real in the end. Um, and then Italy's cup sucks. It does. It really does. It sucks. <laughs> and when they redesigned it, they made it so much worse. So many, like the Alessandria made a run mm-hmm. up into like the quarterfinals a few years ago, which was exciting because, but they hold off to put the big teams in until like the round yeah, of 16. It's really stupid. And it's yeah. so, Nobody wants that. So lame. Get them out of here. Only the top two divisions yeah. playing it. Lame. So lame. Get them out of here. Yeah. I um, think I almost want to have the FA Cup first. 
but the League Cup existence is preventing me from putting it there because I feel like it dilutes it a little bit. I don't know. About it's that. like there's another cup. Yeah, I guess. I don't like, know, man. I think it's why so many of the bigger teams rotate players because they're like, oh, well, we need to because we have to play this whole other yeah. seven. The big boys the don't cup. like the League Cup. Yeah. Um, um, unless but, you win it and then it's exciting. Yeah. Um. So, do, uh, should we should we get wrapping up here? What's uh yeah, what's left on the docket? Wrapping up. I did want to point out that some teams have qualified already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So most of the ones, most of the Scandinavian leagues are already mm-hmm. done, but the teams that are qualified for the next conference league mm-hmm. that are going into, I think it's the round before the playoff. I don't remember the name of the round off the top of my head because they're always something silly with UEFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bodo Glimt. Pure mm. Gardens and Cups are all qualified. We've uh, all returning, yeah, all returning favorites from from the fall. Yeah, uh, so I think I just love Cups' name. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the best names in sports. Cups. Yeah, so those teams already there and will be in at least the later parts of qualifying. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like the Irish teams have qualified, but they're going in like, the second or first round of qualifiers. So mm-hmm. they unlikely to make noise. But we saw this year, you can't count teams from any country they can get into these group stages and make some noise yeah but yeah that's i think all we have right now yeah, lo- yeah. lovely yeah uh, lovely. So thanks for joining us on this lovely trip yeah i'm gonna go eat, I'm gonna go to eat some league fucking league. chicken bro and uh who should we cheers to today oh yeah uh cheers to one of the countless managers fired. Why don't we cheers to the why don't we cheers to no that's a bummer yeah uh, <laughs> so many managers fired over the break. <laughs> uh, God, they really were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to cheers them all in one run on run on word? Yeah. Cheers to finding a new job to Graham Potter, Brendan Rogers, Antonio Conte, Patrick Vieira, Jorge Sampali, Machin, Martinez, Pacheta, Julian Nagelsmann, and Labadia. All top ten managers fired from the top four leagues. It's an ugly business. Good luck at Good the luck. unemployment line. And congratulations, Jesse Marsh. You are the new coach of Leicester City. Oh, he was hired? I don't know. He yeah. was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I, don't, I don't know if that's a great idea. Let's but get we'll... another American into the Premier League. Uh... Oh, it's close to collapse. It's close to collapse. Oh, no. Whoa. Oh, it's not like we would see Leicester in this competition next year anyway. Wow. Anyway, we'll find out later. Yeah. Till then, cheers to, you know, losing your job. So.